later. Our text this morning, y'all there in your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Beginning in verse number 6, I want to read three verses this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart. Y'all need to underline that. In his heart, as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. I probably need to pull that one verse out and do another message. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I want to bring a message this morning. Tyler, it's not about giving. It's about sowing. God, thank you so much for being so incredibly good. Thank you for what you've done in all of our lives. God, certainly I know what you've done in 12 of us, what you've done in 12 lives. But Lord, I don't believe you were just working on the other side of the waters. I believe you're working right here in LaGrange, Georgia. Lord, we've been through stuff and we've seen stuff. And God, I thank you for what you've done in us and through us and for us. And God, I pray now for what you do with us. I pray you'd take this book. I pray you'd teach us. I pray you'd break us and mold us and shape us. And whatever it takes that we walk out in the image of Jesus Christ, closer than we were when we came in, help us to be pleasing to you in all that we do. We love you so much, God. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. One of the things that we have prayed for for 2024 is a great harvest for souls for the kingdom of God. Amen. We, we've prayed that God would use the ministries of the church, that God would use the, the ministries to the homeless people, that God would use the, the van ministries to reach out to make a difference in the lives of people, and that God would use something on a larger scale like Judgment Journey, but that God would use this church this year, that there'd be a great harvest of souls. Well, in order to see a great harvest, there's some things that must be done. But because a great harvest doesn't just happen, a great harvest is a result of great preparations. One of the things that I truly have always wished I could do, you know, the, the Lord, if the Lord would give me a message on, on tithing, I preach what the Lord gives. It's, it's not, it's not me preaching. It's not mine to preach. It's what God's trying to say to his people. So anytime God would give me something, I, I'm going to preach with great joy that God would even give me the opportunity to, to stand up and, and to preach whatever he says. But I have always, when I felt like God was giving me a message about tithing and talking to his people about money, I have always wished I could preach on tithing with money in the bank. <laughs> I've always wished I could preach on tithing where nobody could say it's all about money. You know, when we, when we voted to sell the land, we agreed on a certain amount, and I went back to the people and went to the staff, and we talked back and forth, and we finally made an agreement 
to, to sell it for a certain part. And, and at the time, this, this took over a year. This was negotiations. This was back and forth, a lot of stuff. So we spent more than a year from the time we agreed to sell it and the time we actually sold it. But at the moment we agreed to sell it, some of you quit tithing. Listen, I don't know who you are. I don't look at one. I can't tell you if you do or you don't. I can't tell you if you give a lot, if you give, I don't know. I don't look because I don't want to know. You can't say I treat anybody any different based on what I know. I know, I know two things. I know bottom line, what we've got and what we spend. That, that's all I work with is whole numbers. But, but it kept getting tighter and tighter to pay bills. And what we had put in saving, we kept pulling out just to keep the power bill on around here. And I asked Miss Sylvia, what in the world is going on? She said, well, I can tell you, when we voted to sell the land, several people quit tithing. Offerings went down just because we uh, agreed to sell it. And, and the churches, I, I, I guess some thought, well, we're going we're gonna to make Money, well, if you're one of those, I sure hope you're listening. If you're sitting there cozy with your coffee right now, don't turn me off. I got something to talk to you about. And, and if you're here, I, I got, I got, God, God's got something to talk to you about. Listen, because we voted to sell the land and because we sold the land and because God made a way and put money in the bank, that has nothing to do with our accountability to God. That has nothing to do with my personal relationship with God. That has nothing to do with my 10% or my offering or whatever I want to put in. It has nothing. So, see, when you preach on tithes and offerings, it doesn't matter how you say it or how you put it out there. There's always going to be, oh, they're always talking about that money. Always begging for money. We never begged for a dime. It's God's church, God's way, God's people. But it don't matter how you put it out. Always needing that money. See, pe people think you're begging for money when, when you're preaching on tithes. But, and, and preachers said all the time, it's not that you need money. It's that God's looking to bless somebody. God's wanting to do something in your life. What, what tithing is, it's not just God's plan to take care of his church. It's God's plan to take care of you and your family. It's not just God's plan to provide for the church that we sow out and reap a harvest of souls that people come to know Christ. It's God's promise to you to open the windows of heaven on your family and pour out blessings that there be not room enough to receive it. It's not about trying to get money in. It's about trying to sow seed out and let God bless your life. But it doesn't matter how you say it. There's always those. Always got to be about that money. Well, I told you again, one, I wanted to bring you up to date on what we had done. But two, I, I really wanted you to know what we had done with the money. And I wanted you to know what was there because before I preached, I, want, I wanted you to know in my heart, it's, it's not about money. See, see I, I believe with all my heart, the reason God would allow me to do this again now is because he's looking to bless somebody. And, and, and he, he's got to get that little splinter out of you out of you he he, he there, there there there's a little friction rub right there that it feels like a lower back pain that's associated to that to that wallet and and there's some things i truly believe that god's got some people that he wants to bless i don't know in here out there don't make any difference to me if i ain't never met you before it doesn't matter to me i just want to see god touch his people so 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 tithes and and offerings it's not it's not a begging for money message at all it, it is the message that hands out the key that opens the windows of heaven's blessings so so i've always wanted to to preach this with, with money in the bank 
Because I want God's people to know it's nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with obedience. It has everything to do with following God's word. It has everything to do with all of us. It has everything to do with, with being in one accord with God. It has everything to do with obeying God so that he may truly bless you so that God may answer his own promise and open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. Now, that's, that's God's word. That's not my word. That, that's God's promise. It's, it's not mine. It, it's God's challenge. I, I'm, not, I'm not challenging you. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just giving you the scripture. Now, this morning and. We, we sang that song, Brother Larry had to go to the hospital and he missed it. He wanted us to sing that song, Look What the Lord Has Done. And there's no other way to put it. We lined up back there, we prayed for land and God gave it to us. We bought small pieces, but those are no story. God gave it to us, turned around and made a way to make it. So there's no way to say it, but look what the Lord has done. So Larry had to, to watch it from out there in the ER room, but we did get to sing it. But, but because of look what the Lord has done, I get to preach this message about some money with money in the bank. And here's the message. It's not about giving. It's about sowing. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a Calvinist. But there, there's not one of us in here that, that believe, according especially to independent fundamental Baptists and the things we do that don't agree with a lot of, of things that John Calvin put out a lot of things that are there but many years ago he expounded on this text in a commentary he said when we contribute our financial means into the work of the lord we're not giving into the ministry we're sowing into the ministry and then honest, that that's where this message comes from 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 that statement from from that all uh, that that commentary when you when you give something then you're giving what you had to someone else so that they have what you had. But when you sow something, you're producing a yield. When you sow something, you're putting something. Listen, no farmer sows without expectations of a harvest. Two weeks ago, before we left, I preached from Mark chapter 2, and I talked about Jesus made a, or Mark made a statement about Jesus that Jesus taught. But it didn't tell what he taught. It just said that he taught, which told me the focus was on something else. If he told us what Jesus taught, then that's what you need to pay attention to. But if he didn't tell me what Jesus taught, then he wants you to pay attention to what's something else. But I use an illustration from Mark chapter 4. So most of the time, the Bible tells us when Jesus taught, it tells us what he taught. And it gives us examples. And in that, I talked about there from Mark 4, about how Jesus used the parable of the sower. And he taught some things. And here's the lesson. Just giving money isn't sowing into the things of God. See, it's not good to simply just give money to anybody or to give any cause. That, that's not sowing into ministry. You can give money to charity and sow nothing for the things of God. You, you, can, you can give money to things, but, you know, when Jesus, he talked about he used the, the parable of the stony ground, what he's saying, you can give money to some stuff, but that's, that's not sowing anything into the gospel. Because you can cast it out onto some stony places and it can spring up quick and like it's going to do great. But it has no root. It has no depth. So even though it springs up, it's not going to produce anything. There's not going to be any yield. It's going to burn up. It's going to go away quickly. 
You, you can sow into some things that, that, that may land out to begin to sprout up, but you just sowed it out into an unprepared field. And the Bible says that it, it becomes choked out. You got the weeds and the briars and it fell among the thorns and it really doesn't do anything. You can sow some things out and you can sow them by the wayside. You can put them in the walking path and, and the birds come along and devour and they eat it up. But the Bible says you need to sow into good ground. You, you, you need to sow in, into good places. When you sow into God's church and you sow into God's ministry, when you sow into a church that is standing on thus saith the Lord, like it or not. Amen. If you don't like the book, you're in the wrong church. If you don't like the book preached in its entirety and the truth, you're at the wrong place. If you're looking for somebody that's going to worry about feelings and, and, and tippy toes and getting around in eggshells, you're at the wrong place. I'm sorry. I love y'all to death. I love people. I love you. I love people in Costa Rica. God has taught me to love people, but not in a way to worry about your feelings. If God hurts your feelings, that's your business between you and them. If, if you're sowing into a church that simply loves the word of God and wants to see souls saved and lives changed and a difference made, then when you sow into that, you're sowing into good ground. And when you sow into good ground, Jesus said that it yields fruit. It sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, some in 100. And he said unto them, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Our text says, basically, as you sow, so shall you reap. That, that's a general rule of harvest. The more you sow, the more you get. The more you sow, at least the more you expect to reap. For the one who sows stingy, if he goes out into a field the size of this church and, and he takes a handful of seed and slings it out there in the middle, it'd be foolish to expect a field full of harvest. If he put out just a little bit in one little spot, it'd be, it'd be foolish to expect something, something great because when you, when you sow things out, all things being equal, when you sow things out, the, the harvest is going to be equivalent to what was sown. There's going to be an increase because when Jesus said when, 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 you, when you put a, a, a grain of wheat into the ground and it comes up and it produces much fruit. So for everyone you put out, there's a yield, there's a gain. But if you don't put out many seeds, you shouldn't expect much harvest. True? Now, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. That means that God doesn't, God, God's not into that people want to give grudgingly. That, well, I always preach about money. I'll throw five in the pot. Well, God bless you. Keep your five. Well, I'm going to make sure everybody knows I put $100 in. Keep your $100. God, God said, I'm looking for the one that loves me enough to sow into me. I'm looking for the one that loves me enough to sow into my ministry. I'm looking for the one that loves me enough to give back a small portion of everything I'm giving them. So God says he's looking for a, a cheerful giver. And, and, and if you put it in grudgingly, God don't have to send the rain. Just because you put it in doesn't mean it's going to yield a harvest. You put it in, if God doesn't supply the rain, nothing grows. See, it's always quiet when I preach on money. There ain't no amens, hallelujahs. There ain't nothing. A few folks getting up going in out of the bathroom. Even though we got money, it didn't change. I was hoping maybe it changed something a little bit. We'll get some amens out of the crowd because it so, gets so quiet when you talk about money. But it's okay. Money, money is not a bad thing. I wouldn't mind having some of it. It's the love of money. 
Yeah, so, so the, the one that, that sows greedily, God doesn't have to send the rain. We're, we're supposed to sow bountifully in, in to, to God's harvest for the harvest of souls, not gold. For, for the one that, that sows in thinking, I put this in, I get this. I'm putting in a 10, I'll get 100 before I get home. You know what? You just might. If that's not what you were thinking. If you're thinking that and you put in 10, you're probably going to run out of gas on the way home and it's going to cost you 10 more. But, but if you're thinking, I, I, you know what? Man, I want to invest in that because that's going to reach souls. That's going to change your life. It's going to do something for somebody. And you do it for the glory of God. You have no idea what God will do for you. It, it, it's, about, it's about intentions. You know, Luke chapter 16, that there's a rich man. And the Bible tells us that he sowed bountifully. And because he sowed bountifully, he reaped extremely bountiful. And he said in Luke chapter 12, verse 17, he thought within himself, what am I going to do now? Y'all mind if I paraphrase this to some Hoganese? I, my barn ain't big enough. Man, I, I got all this money. I got my barns, but my barns, somebody's going to pay attention. My barn is already full. And my fields are full of stuff. But I'm not helping nobody. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down these little barns that I built when I was a poor man. And I'm going to build some real barns over here on this joint. And I'm going to put all my stuff in my barns so I can have a whole lot of money. And I'm just going to chill for a while. I'm going to sit back and take thine ease. That's what I'm going to do. But Jesus said, God said, verse number 20, chapter 12, the gospel of Luke. God said, thou fool. This night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who's all these things going to be? Go ahead and build your barn and put it up. When all you greed and you're going to die tonight, and all there's going to be is somebody else spending your money, wearing your clothes, driving your truck, petting your dog, riding your horse. Go ahead, put it up. See, that's going to work out for you. Go ahead and be greedy. You put a little in, I've blessed you, I've magnified, I've poured it out, I've opened the windows of heaven and poured out blessings, and now your hands are full, so I need you to give something away so I can give you some more, and all you're going to do is build bigger hands so you can hold more. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So in order to see a great harvest, there's a number of things that have to be done. One, I said we have to sow bountifully. Two, we have to sow cheerfully. Willingly, great excitement. God loves a cheerful giver. Number three, we have to sow with, with the right motives. If we sow with the wrong motives, we're, we're not going to see a great harvest. Many times God will send a, a financial blessing from, from their giving, but that, that can't be the reason that we give. We can't be giving in, seeking for God to give back financial gain. A lot of people got to give a little something. They got to make sure everybody knows what they gave. Well, God bless you. I hope your back feels really good when they pat you on the back because that's all you're going to get. When, when you do things to be seen of men and you get the pat on the back from the men, you have your reward. That, that, that's what the scripture tells me. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, to whom much is given, much is required. So if we're willing to, to sow bountifully and we're willing to sow 
cheerfully and we're willing to sow with the right motives. Number four, we, we've got to sow into good ground. Just putting it in any, any charity that comes along, just giving away your money, it isn't sowing into the ministry. God, God is specifically talking about tithe into the church. Money that is put to work for the Lord. That, that's money that is sown miraculously for the harvest of souls. See, God, God will take that money and turn it into whatever he chooses that touches the heart of whoever he's reaching to turn it into the salvation of souls. It's not our harvest. It's just our job to sow. It's our job to, to, to work, to, to put it in. And, and the, the harvest is up to God. Luke chapter 10, verse number 2, Jesus told the disciples, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. But he said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. So the harvest belongs to him. But Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, here am I, Lord, send me. I agree we need to be praying for the harvest. I will continue to pray for God to send us laborers into this church. I would love to see the pews full, but it doesn't matter to me. I don't need 30,000 if all God wants us to have is Gideon's army. We just need Gideon's army. We don't need... We, less than a thousand people in here working under their own can't touch what God can do with ten people working under the power of God. So I'm going to continue to pray you the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers because his word told me to. I'm going to continue to pray that he'd send people to fill spots in judgment journey and to help work and to build those things because he told me to. But I'm not going to forget what Isaiah said. I'm not going to step back and pray so hard. God, send us people that, that tithe if I'm not tithing. God, send us people that work if I'm not working. God, send us people that are willing to go out and do things if I'm not willing to go out and do things. It's got to start here. It's got to start with me. And I, I got to be willing to say, here, here am I. Here am I. Send me. If we truly are children of God, then everything in our lives <clears throat> ought to revolve around pleasing God. Everything ought to be focused towards this book and a, and a desire to, to do the things of God. And, and, and in, in this book right here, the one place, the, the only time that God gives us permission to tempt him, to test him, or to try him is in the area of money. We're, you're not to tempt the Lord thy God, right? But that's not what Malachi says about money. You can't, can't talk about money and not read Malachi chapter 3. Verse number eight, God asks a simple question. Will a man rob God? People, people answer it. How do you rob God? How, how is it that, that, that we can rob you? And God said, you've robbed me. You and so we robbed me. He said, in tithes and offerings. Now, here's what you get for not paying tithes. Ye are cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Then he gives us a command, verse number 10. He says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Now, here's the offer. This is the offer to put me to the test. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. That's the offer. And if you're willing to put God to the test, here's the promise. 
If I'll not open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. But, but what's the title of the message? It's not about giving. It's about what? It's about sowing. So, so if we sow bountifully and cheerfully so that we see a great harvest, here it is in verse number 11, and I will rebuke the devourer. That means I will protect you and your seed from, from the birds, from the storm, from, from drought, from the enemy, from anything that comes along. I will put a hedge of protection that nothing can touch it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Here it is. Shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall cast your vine, or neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field saith the Lord of hosts. God said, you put me to the test. You bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse, saith the Lord, and I'll send the rain. You take care of what I gave you to do. You put your little part in, and I'm going to fill your barns. I'm going to protect your seed from the bird. I'm going to protect your seed from drought. I'm going to protect it from all things, and I'm going to send a great harvest, and all nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. It's not about giving. It's all about sowing. It's, it's, not, it's not about, well, I got to give. And I know, it, no, it's, it's sowing. When you sow into the things of God, you're, you're sowing so that others might hear what we heard. That there's a man named Jesus Christ, who is the only begotten son of the living God, that came to this earth to become a man to pay for my sin and your sin, so that somebody like me could be saved. And let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. <laughs> ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. That's what sowing into the ministry is, that, that, that we go out and, and tell others. So, so I, I can stand here this morning without any Hesitance, and you know that what I'm telling you is true. I just told you about the land sale. You know what's there. You know, praise God, for the first time in about 15 years, we're not broke. <laughs> That's about right, isn't it? It was five years, four years before my tenure. That, that, that you're not figuring out who, who can you pay now to, to, to work it out. You, you know that it's there. And, and you know that the promise is God's promise. You know what I want to see? Honestly, all my heart. That's all I want to see. I want to see God bless you. That's all I want to see. I want to see God bless your life. I want to see every one of us grow closer to God. I want to see in every one of us, you know, 12 of us that grew in an, in an accelerated pace this week. I like the accelerated pace. I like, I like growing a little faster. I, I, I like when I told them before we went, in order to see things you've never seen, you've got to go places you've never been. You got to put yourself in situations. You got to allow God to put you in a situation you've never been in for Him to show you stuff that you've never seen Him do. And, and that's an accelerated rate. So we got to see an accelerated rate of growth. But my heart's desire, all I want to do is see everybody grow closer to God, walk closer with God. And I understand that, that, that a few cents difference is a deal breaker. You, you, want, you want God to withhold blessings? Then rob him. That's what God said. Curse with curse. You want, you want God to bless you? Then test him. 
So, so you know, I'm, I'm not telling you that. I'm, I'm just telling you what God's word says. And for those of you who are tithers, you're loving this. Tithers love messages on money. Tithers love messages on tithing. You know why? It's a reminder. It's confirmation to keep doing what I'm doing. God knows. For the ones that used to tithe and for whatever reason got out, it's a reminder that there was a time when I walked that close to God and for whatever reason I've drifted out over here. But for the ones that don't, it's a challenge. It's a challenge from God to you. You want to test me? I'm going to give you one opportunity. Don't test me in all your junk and all your worldly stuff. Here's your one spot. I'm going to give you this one spot. Test me with your pocketbook and see what I'll be willing to do for you. You can't, you can't, rob, from, you can't rob me and expect me to give to you when I've already given you what you've got that you're taking. It's God's challenge. It's God's word. It's a simple question. What will you do with it? What does it mean to you? What, what, what are you going to do with it now? If, if you never knew, you know now. If you knew but you haven't tried it before, you can try it now. What you do with it is up to you. But how God blesses you is also up to you. Is that a fair way to say it? God's blessings on your life is in your hand. What he said, you, you, you put it there. So, so God put the ball in your court. And he said, if you don't like the way things are going, just give this a try. And let me show you something. You know, a lot of people, a lot of Christians... Try so hard. And I'll be honest, they're doing a, they're doing a great job. But if you ask me, they're in church, they're, they're working, they, they got the kids in church, and, and they're, they're trying a lot of things. They're reading their Bible. They're, they're trying to grow closer to the Lord. But there's that one link that they just ain't giving in. That's just that one spot. They just ain't going to surrender. Let me just go ahead and add to it. It don't matter if it's tithing. It don't matter if it's your little pet sin, your little dirty thing in your pocket, whatever you got. That one little thing is keeping God's blessing off your life. If it's tithing, do something about it. If it's sin, get it out. Repent, turn away from it, walk away from it. Ask God to forgive you and don't look back. God's got something in store for your life. God, God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die just for us. And that ain't the end of what he wants to do for us. God wants to bless us bountifully beyond measure. But there's some of us up to us. God says, I can't bless you till you get some stuff right. Amen. You guys bow your heads for just a minute. That's not the only ball that God put in, in your court. There, there are people who still haven't trusted Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. I don't know, maybe on live stream, maybe you're in here. You've heard the gospel, but you've never asked Jesus Christ to save your soul. 
See, that ball's in your court too. God said that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God said you were born in sin. We're all sin. For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. We know the wages of sin is death. He says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ball's in your court. Ball's in your court, not just about tithing. Ball's in your court about salvation. If you've never been saved, all you got to do is take the ball. All you got to do is trust Jesus Christ. Father, I'm, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sin. Save my soul in the name of Jesus. Here's a fair statement. God, I don't want to go to hell. And I, and I believe what your word says. That I'm going to go to hell if I'm not saved. But I believe what your word says about the blood of Jesus. And I'm asking you the blood of Jesus to wash away all my sins. And save my soul in Jesus' name. Listen, if you trusted Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you're just as much a child of God as anybody in here. It's not some long, drawn-out thing. It is the simplicity of the gospel. Amen. You guys, well, y'all want to go ahead and stand? We're going to sing a song. You want to worship. You want to pray.